Yeah, last Monday, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day was celebrated in the United States. It's a, it's a pretty big deal there. A lot of American churches take the uh, Sunday before to focus not just on the life of MLK, but on the issues of justice and racial reconciliation that he symbolizes. And when you look at the uh, racial issues, not only in the U.S., but in Canada, the remembrance of MLK needs to be important not only to Americans, but to Canadians and really to people the world over who uh, struggle with racial inequality. King was a man of faith. He was a man of vision. The son of a Baptist pastor, he was also pastor of the Dexter Memorial Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama from 1954 to 1960. He believed in uh, civil disobedience marked by nonviolent resistance to fight racial inequality. He helped organize the first major protest of the African-American civil rights movement, the successful Montgomery bus boycott. He, he led peaceful protests throughout the American South that so often were met with violence. Chances are you've heard of him, and the reason you know a little bit about him because of a speech he made at, at a massive march in Washington, D.C. for jobs and freedom. And as you saw there, on August 28, 1963, uh, 100 years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation freeing slaves in America, um, Martin Luther King climbed the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. to describe his vision for America. And the dream or the vision they heard on the steps that on the monument that day became the dream of a generation. Let me give you just a taste of some of that speech. Uh, King, with passion, said, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of, of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day out in the Red Hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by their character. I have a dream. That speech laid the groundwork for the ratification of the American 24th Amendment, which in essence gave blacks the right to vote in those states that had found ways to keep them from voting. It also led to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibited racial discrimination in employment and education and outlawed racial segregation in public facilities. King had a dream that grabbed the hearts of blacks and whites all over America, and for that vision, King was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee on April 4th, 1968, a, a day that I remember well. But King's dream lived on and changed the course, not just of the U.S., but of the Western world, Canada included. Now, the past two weeks, we've been talking about the awesome power of vision. Not just vision at the level of King, but in your life and my life. I even gave you a bit of homework to spend some time alone with God, to find an hour alone with God, to, to let God speak to you about his vision for your life this year. He might not be calling you to be a Martin Luther King, although he could be, but for sure he's calling you to be a man or a woman who God will make a difference through in your home, where you work, uh, the city that you live in, and particularly with the church that uh, he has called you to partner with. Last two weeks, I've encouraged you to ask, what does God want to do in your life this year? 
I encourage you to ask, how does God want your family to serve him this year? What does God want your marriage to look like? How does God want you to be a part of his mission in his church? To listen for God and, and then to step out in faith and, and begin to move toward that vision that Jesus has given you for this year. And there was a scripture from the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah and one from the Apostle Paul that we used to encourage us as we sought God for his vision for our lives. The first being, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I mean, that's a, a verse that some of you might even choose to memorize sometime. It's an awesome one. And, and the second being, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And it is so awesome to know that God has good plans for us, that he has prepared stuff for me and you to do as we make a difference in this world for God's glory. But some of you have been struggling with this assignment. With COVID still raging on, with your work situation in some cases still unstable, with the stress that you and your family are going through right now, with all of the craziness that is out there, some of you are so done, right? You just want a fresh start with life altogether that maybe 2022 could be a year where you get that fresh start. And the truth is, the idea of a fresh start is a huge theme in the Bible. You see this theme even more clearly when you use the message translation of the Bible as the message often translates the phrase made new as a fresh start. So we're going to use the message translation a bit today. Look at these words from the prophet Zechariah. I'll save the people of Joseph. I know their pain and will make them good as new. They'll get a fresh start as if nothing ever happened. And why? Because I am their very own God. I'll do what needs to be done for them. This is the heart of our God. I think this is a scripture we should pray. Our God says he'll do what needs to be done and, and, and give you a fresh start. I mean, how awesome is that? And when you read the Old Testament, one of the things you'll see over and over is, is God giving his people a fresh start after they messed up. And that's why we say at Fort City, uh, everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, anything can happen, because our God is into fresh starts to whoever asks. Here's how the prophet Hosea puts it. I will make a fresh start with Israel. They will burst into bloom like a crocus in the spring. Israel had just been through a time of pain and darkness, and God promises that they will blossom with new beauty like spring flowers. Hey, I'm praying something like that for Fort City right now. I'm praying that out of this great disruption of this pandemic, that, that God would pour out his spirit and revive us. I'm, I'm praying that we as a church and you personally would bloom like a crocus as, as COVID-19 wraps up, or at least the restrictions loosen up as we learn how to live with COVID. One day, God told the prophet Jeremiah to go to a potter's house and to watch the potter making clay pots on the pottery table. And God told Jeremiah that he would give him a message, a, a prophetic word, as he watched what was happening at the potter's house. So uh, Jeremiah does that, and, and as he's watching uh, the wheel, as he's watching it turning, uh, he watches the potter take a lump of clay, and he's molding it, and, and then he's shaping it, and, and then Jeremiah notices something. 
when the clay pot the potter was forming on the wheel didn't turn out the way he intended, he simply started over using the same clay to make a new pot. Friends, that is an incredibly powerful image. What's the picture here? Sometimes things don't turn out the way you intended. That's true for all of us. So when things don't turn out the way that they should, the, the potter just starts over again. It's a fresh start. But, but here's what you need to see. The potter, when he starts over, doesn't throw out the clay that didn't turn out right. He, he just takes the same clay, the, the clay that didn't work out right at first, he takes the same clay and reshapes it until he gets what he's after. Do you see where this is going? Let, let's read on in the book of Jeremiah. Then God said to Jeremiah, Can I not do the same with you as the potter does? Just as the potter works the clay in his hands, so you are in my hand and I am working on you. Maybe it's just me and where I've been at this past week, but when I read that scripture early in the week, it just gave me goosebumps. I went, wow, God, like praise Jesus. I mean, think about it. Have you ever made a mess of your life? I mean, I've done it a few times. Come on, we, we all do it. So your life may have been marred, marred even by your own stupidity or marred by the decisions of others that hurt you so much. And your pot, that is who you are. You, you got scarred by your own poor decisions or, or, or by things that were done to you or both. And, and as a result, your life has not turned out the way you intended. But friends, you are not the potter. God is. You're the clay. And just like the potter that Jeremiah was watching, our, our God does not throw out the clay that's been misshaped or scarred by circumstances. God doesn't discard you, nor does he waste all of the pain that you've been through. No, he, he takes all of you, every part of you, including the good, the bad, and the ugly, everything that you have experienced to this point in your life. And what does he do? He puts it all in his gentle, shaping hands. And once you're in those hands, God starts over. He, he makes a fresh start on shaping your life. He, he begins to uh, work on you lovingly, firmly, as a potter does. And he begins to reshape you, applying pressure at just the right places to mold you and uh, remake you into beautiful pieces of art. And that brings glory to God, and it, it brings glory to you. Friends, when we surrender our lives completely to God's loving hands, God is the master potter who, who takes our lives and, and, and just turns them into masterpieces. His vision for your life is for you to be a masterpiece for him. This year, 2022, God wants to continue to shape and, and he wants to continue to mold you into that masterpiece. Let him do it. Will you get your eyes on Jesus, listen to him, follow him, trust him? Listen to these words about our awesome God from King David. God gives a hand to those down on their luck, gives a fresh start to those ready to quit. Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt like quitting? Have you ever felt like, like just throwing in the towel? The writers of the Bible want you to know that it's always too soon to quit. Hey, I opened this message with some comments about Martin Luther King Jr. Day that was last Monday. And while Dr. King is best remembered for that I have a dream speech, what, what made King so great uh, was that he tenaciously, courageously just chased after that dream. He, he didn't just dream about it. He went after it. He, he acted. He, he did something. 
And despite intimidation, harassment, setbacks, violence, he, he never gave up. He kept chasing after that dream. Tragically, he lost his life working for that dream, but in the process, he changed the history of a nation and is still having impact in U.S., Canada, and the Western world today. So what dreams has God given you? What masterpieces does God want to shape you into? What has he been speaking to you in your time alone when you've done that homework assignment I gave you? God wants to give you a fresh start with his dream that he has for you. He, he's got plans for you to become a, a, a masterpiece for his purposes. So, the question is, after we've been doing this for several weeks, when do you get started on this? You say, well, Doug, one of these days, come on, friends, one of these days is none of these days. You know that. I was listening to Rick Warren, who offered a five-point plan for implementing your dream or your life purpose. Use this catchy little acrostic, and I know some of you think acrostics are hokey. I get that. So this week, anyways, I'll avoid the acrostic. But I'd like to use some thoughts of his on getting started on our dreams. And I got maybe, you know, two, maybe three things that I believe can help us get started in making a fresh start as we pursue this vision, this dream, that, that masterpiece that God wants to turn you into. Number one. We just need to stop making excuses for not starting, for not chasing after the dream. We all make excuses. You, you read the Bible and you see a lot of leaders God wanted to use, uh, people that God wanted to turn into masterpieces, but they held back and they made excuses. Moses and then Jeremiah, who God spoke through so beautifully with that image of the potter's wheel, used the excuse that they just don't have what it takes when God called them to serve, when, when God painted a picture of the future he had for them, the, the first thing they did was to push back and tell God, I don't have what it's take. it, it takes. It's, a, it's an excuse that a lot of us use. Old Testament Gideon did that. In, in the book of Judges, God uh, has called Gideon to lead Israel in a battle against the Midianites. Gideon pushes back quickly. How can I rescue Israel? My, my clan is the weakest of the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Come on, God, you know I don't have what it takes. And I love, like, I really love God's very simple answer to Gideon's excuse. The Lord said to him, I will be with you. Yeah. I mean, when God tells you you got the wrong guy, and God just answers, I will be with you, what can you say? I mean, this is the answer to your and my insecurity. God is with us. Friends, when God calls us, he's not asking us to do it all by ourselves. When God gives you a bit of a picture, a vision of what he wants to do in and through you, he's not leaving you to do it all on your own. God wants us to know that we can rely on his power, that we can lean into his presence, that we can rely on his promises, that we have his protection. There is nothing to worry about. God wanted Gideon to know that one plus God is a majority. Hey, some of you know because I've been talking about I've been praying for a, a key worker, uh, someone to give some leadership in our area of production and online ministries. Kind of the idea that uh, we, I'd love to see Adrian freed up to do a little more work in the area of deeper life ministries. And uh, maybe God's been speaking to you about that and you just say, God, you know I don't have what it takes. Well, if you're having that wrestle with God, that means he's probably calling you and you should be talking to us. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Okay, let's look at another excuse. Sometimes you and I get tripped up by past failures and we throw those failures at God. I failed in the past. 
God, I can't become that masterpiece. I, I can't take on that assignment you've given me. You know my track record. I'm a failure. Heck, yeah, you and me both. We're failures, okay? That's the truth. I mean, welcome to the human race. We've all failed in the past. So, yeah, you, you've made some pretty big mistakes, and, and no doubt there are people who have hurt you. They've, they've harmed you in the past. But your past is past. You, you learn from your past and you move forward from your past. Listen to these words from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord says, do not cling to events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Watch for the new thing that I am going to do. It's happening already. Just look and you can see it starting now. God doesn't want you to be a prisoner of your past. No. He's got a hope and a future for you. He's got great plans for your life. He's, he's in the process of reshaping the clay and making masterpieces. He's all about fresh starts. Okay, let me move to one more excuse we tend to make. Hey, God, things out there are so out of control. Heck, this world is out of control. I can't do anything. Yeah, some of us are control freaks, whether we'll admit it or not. And stepping into a vision that God might be speaking to us freaks us out, right? Because we can't make it happen all on our own. And right now, I mean, so much that's going on in the world is out of control, or at least it's out of our control. You can't control the weather. You can't control the economy. You certainly can't control this pandemic. You can't control how the government responds to this pandemic, right? But God is still calling you to step into this vision that he's given for your life. So here's how it works. You control what you can control. You do what you can, and you trust God for the rest. Control the controllables and trust God for the rest. What can you control? Well, you can control your attitude. You can control your reactions. You, you can control how much you choose to trust God. I mean, that's your choice. These are things that you can choose to do. These are things that you can control. And then you can do what you can do. And beyond that, you just trust God for the rest. King Solomon says to us, don't give up and act helpless in times of trouble. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. In this uncontrollable mess that we live in, God's got a purpose for you in this mess. So go for it and, and control what you can control and trust God for the rest. Don't wait for better times. Do what you can do now and trust God for the rest. So to step into the dream or the vision that God has for you, to, to experience this fresh start God has for you, you got to first stop making excuses for not starting, for, for not pursuing the dream. So instead of making excuses, what are we to do? This is the second major thought I have. You, you act. You act in faith. It's easy to let circumstances around us get us down. It's easy to wallow in the mire and, you know, just complain. But truth is, God is not moved by your complaints. He's moved by your faith. I'm not saying that God doesn't listen or care about your complaints, but what he's looking for is faith. Jesus said it real simple. According to your faith, it will be done to you. Hey, when you set personal goals, that's really an act of faith. You're saying, God, with your help, I'm expecting to accomplish this specific task by this specific date. And that's kind, that kind of goal statement really is a statement of faith, and, and God honors faith. 
Yesterday, the board at Fort City Church met for prayer. We're praying about our finances and what the budget should look like for 2022 because a budget is a statement of faith. What do we expect God to do this year? What is God speaking to us? The numbers, humanly speaking, right now are a bit challenging. Yes, December was awesome, totally awesome. We are in the black. Thank you, awesome. But overall, the trends are a bit challenging. So we pray, God, speak to us, lead us, show us. And as we develop that budget, that budget will be a statement of faith, what we believe God intends to do in our finances this year. This is the idea behind Solomon's words. We should make our plans counting on God to direct us. When we're led of God to set goals, to, to step into a vision that he has for us, that is the basis of walking by faith. And as the writer to the letter of the Hebrews tells us, without faith, yeah, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Okay, one more thought about how we step into this fresh start God has for us as we pursue his dream or vision for our lives. It really boils down to one simple truth. It's all about trusting that God knows what he's doing. You stop making excuses, you act in faith, and by acting in faith, you are simply trusting that God knows what he's doing. Because our God is a good God. God's plan and God's intention for your life is always good. Maybe you can't see that right now. Maybe you won't see it until eternity, but God knows what he's doing, even when you don't understand why things are happening the way they are. I mean, just take a look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 sometime. Because, friends, it doesn't matter what mess is in your life right now or in your past. It doesn't matter what mess the world is in all around us. Our God has great plans for your life. He, he wants to shape you into his masterpiece. And, and today, today, he's inviting you to make a fresh start on that journey of becoming all that God would have you to be. So ultimately, how do we get started? Well, the best way is with prayer, right? You can start with a prayer like King David prayed in the Psalms. He, he prayed, God, make a fresh start in my life. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. That comes from the message translation, and I love it. I, I love that. God, make a fresh start in me. Will you pray that today? God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a, a, a Genesis week, a, a new start, a Genesis week from the chaos, the mess of my life. Friends, it's always too soon to quit. It's never too late to start over. It's never too late. I mean, if your heart is still pumping, it's never too late. So let's pray. I mean, you, you can pray the words that I'm about to pray in your heart. That's what I'd ask you to do. Or you can just take the words that I pray and just say to God, me too, whatever. Make this prayer your prayer. So will you join with me and pray with me? Dear God, I need a fresh start. Just tell him that. I need a fresh start. And I know that only you can make this happen. I want to stop making excuses. I, I want to act in faith. God, I, I recognize that you are the potter and I am the clay. And I'm asking you that today that you would begin to reshape my life. Forgive me for the messes that I make. Fill me with your life-giving Holy Spirit Begin to reveal to me the vision you have for my life, your, your vision to create a masterpiece out of me. 
And when times come and I feel pressure, help me to trust you, knowing that you are a good and wise God. Take me into your family because Jesus died for me. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.